1: and we deliver. So here it is, your Benny bonus. And you can believe me when I say that this is an exceptional treat. Benny McCarthy takes us back to his childhood in Hanover Park, a suburb of Cape Town, which was utterly riven and dominated by crime. That's the mean streets where it all began for Benny, and where it could all have ended, as Benny recalls the rampant gang culture and violence around which he grew up. Make no mistake whatsoever, this was a truly dangerous place to live. And he tells the story of how his best friend, 11-year-old Reginald, was shot and killed while they played football together in the street. That's how close Benny came to not living this life and enjoying that career. He reveals that at first he thought a good education, not football, was his best chance of escape. But his sporting talent soon took over and he became a star in a newly created gangster league. Yes, you heard me correctly. The Gangster League, playing shoeshine piano football. Anybody? Don't worry. You will discover what that means. From his origin story, he ends this spectacular big interview by looking to the future, offering a glimpse of what Benny McCarthy, the football manager, might be like. And in our opinion, that's surely when, and not if, he's put in charge of a club. I'm sure you'll agree, after listening to these podcasts, this is not the last we've heard of Benedict McCarthy. Maybe most people won't understand how you had to form yourself as a young man and as a footballer, playing at home. Now, you've talked about it before, but to become the man you have, to become the footballer that you have, you played with risky people, you played around risky neighbourhoods, your league was different you saw that kind of person from what age? 10, 11, 12? 10. Describe it um, Yeah, of course I'm, I'm
2: from it's like where are you guys from? Glasgow? Glasgow. Edinburgh Nidri, if you say eh, I'm from Nidri, people say far, phew, they go as far away as possible from you What's Glasgow's, like, I am in mean, proper, proper rough area where you say, don't even think about going there.
1: Just about where Martin lives, <laughs> round about his neighbour. <laughs>
2: Easter House, that was area that I grew up with. You have to have crocodile skin to survive there, because it's, it's gangs and a lot of mafias, like, organized crimes and drugs and every day you, you dodge bullets basically your childhood and if you survive if you live to see 15 wow son you get a you, you get a Champions League medal that's the sort of upbringing and what they used to do is because um, crime and, 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 and uh, gang violence was so bad the police couldn't intervene anymore, and the government tried but couldn't because yeah, the gangs was just out of hand. It's like people left two streets from each other, and then they rival gangs, and they would shoot like literally from that window, that that window building there. They would just shoot at each other, and people walking past, or people like maybe in their houses, they don't care if you get hit. It's a drive-by, that was, that was everyday life for, 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 for me, wow. you know? And then the community, I think the community came together and, and to try and fight this thing as well. That's say, nah, like too many innocent kids and people are dying because of these stupid guys. Then what People around said,
1: you, people that you grew up with,
2: people yeah, in your school? Um, yeah, be- one of my best friends, guy that every single day we were together, we were playing football. Outside my house. And then obviously because half time and then we have a break. So whoever, whichever house is the closest, you go and get the, the, the water and the glasses. So the wall of my house was the goalpost. So I, I'm the closest. So I went, I went in to go and grab, bring the water and, and, you know, the half time snacks or whatever we have crisps or that. And we were all just sitting and talking about the first half. So I went in. And about literally, I was in the house for like thirty—not even thirty seconds, ten seconds from me leaving the group. and and we were like eleven years old. Go in the house, and then just, pa 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 pa, gunshots, and coming towards you. And I just saw, and I was like, "Holy minute!" So I ran outside. But this, this is the level that we're at. When you hear gunshots. You go and run for cover and that we run to see where it comes, where it's coming from. So that but that was just how it was. So now went, went outside and obviously the guys they were all normally we lie on the floor flat because it's very difficult that it could catch you where they shoot down because it's normally up. So everybody was just lying flat and and that and then eventually we looked we looked through the through the flats. And we saw the the rival gang guys ran back to to where they're from, like across the football pitch. And then so then, yeah, we're all like, hey, 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 everybody OK? And Reginald, he just kept laying there. And as we're like, hey, more Reg, lifted him up. Brains sputtered sp- everywhere. Oh. That was the closest I came. Eleven year, we were eleven years old, and wow. So,
1: eleven-year-old Reginald is just an innocent oh. victim of of a gang shooting, shooting in the general direction of another gang, and they kill Reginald.
2: Yeah, kids playing, and uh, they said they think we're rival gangs. So, and yeah, he got his head taken off. And
1: now, how'd you how'd you live like that? How'd you? What do you do mentally and physically to, to cope with that?
2: The quicker I can get myself out of here, the better.
1: The old thing like boxing used to be the way out of a ghetto. What your do you realise at this stage that football is your way out, or is um, that is that being too romantic?
2: No, that's too romantic. Um, I was good at it, better than most kids in my area but yeah South Africa's got like 50 million people I'm sure I'm not better than 50 million people so there's more talent way better players than me out there so chances of me making it is one to a billion probably that was you know the understanding but so hit the books and just hope you know you keep on playing football to stay off the streets and give yourself like a, a a life
1: expand why not why not join them
2: because my dad would I would die by my dad's hand he would beat my ass he would beat us up so hard so we would die that way then die in a gang so it was either one so i rather I'd rather take my chances with being home and go to school and try and, and make it another way than to join a gang where my dad would would kill me anyway.
1: Did, did that make you unusual? Did, yes. Did people pick on you because you, you yeah. didn't want to...
2: Yeah, I was a wump. I was everything you can think of. <sniffs> ah, leave that wump. You know, he let him go and play his, his football and while they go and join and run around with guns or hiding guns for, for the gang, for the members when the police comes and stuff. So that was it. So, and then because the community complained about it, complained about it, so then eventually most a lot of the, the drug lords, they came together. How? I don't even know how. But then they had to sit down with the police and that. And then the police said about the football, that's the passion and that. So why don't they have like little like gangster league where gang members from regions, mafias, whatever, they have their football teams. You can local players or international players or or professional, professional guys who plays for for professional clubs on a Sunday, if they free your team, and then you have tournaments, and then so on. A, because on a Sunday, people go to church, or so there's no work, people don't work, and that. So everybody's at home, and that's usually the day that they like to fight, that they fight, and because now they know they're not going to be short of men. Because nobody's working on a Sunday. Um, you know, the guys are back from church. So the fighting
1: and killing is fine once you've been to church.
2: Exactly. You come back from church and then hell break loose. You know? So then then that's what they said. So now Sundays then became tournaments. So you would just have... On a Sunday, normally the fighting would stop. And then they started <laughs> fight during the week, like... Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, you'll hear the odd gunshots here, there and there, but Sundays was peaceful and quiet and people could come, even come and watch these big-time gangsters, mafia guys now on the corner, like coaches, like with their football team, because obviously they put money in. And um, the gang in the area where I lived was called the Americans. And the guy, he was a passionate football guy, loved football and he knew his stuff. So he, he recruited us from, from all different teams that we played for, our amateur teams. Like, hey, this boy, good. So then he started and then he called, him, he called his team Brazil. We came from all parts of, of Hanover Park where I was from some guys from rival gangs to where we where i lived and they were in our team so when when we used to come in and the other gangs is like hey you you live here by us so you rival gang why are you playing for those guys you know but hey we were just kids like 11 years old 10 years old and then we were playing literally against grown men and then he's like are you serious you come with you bring babies kids Against force. It's like, nah, come on, man. Be serious. Like says, hey, see if you can beat my kids. Wow. You know? says, yeah, they're kids. See if you guys can beat them grown men. So I think he made it a challenge for us to teach these grown men a lesson. They underestimate us because we're small and we're like 10, 11, 12 years old. says, give them a good thumping. So the first couple of first couple of tournaments, maybe three, four tournaments, we got hammered because people would just kick us and we would like, oh no, I'm injured, like no, I ain't playing because the guys were like really rough. Then he he entered us in um, in a normal league, a Saturday league, and he entered our team in a under 17th league. So we were like under 12s but we were playing in the 17 competition.
1: It still should mean no chance. So
2: that, and that's where um, the courage and... So now the guys were growing up and were like, hey, we can actually, we were beating teams. And because we were playing Saturdays, Sundays, Saturdays every weekend. Saturdays we play for the club. Sundays we play gangster league. Now, hey, the, we were understanding and we started knocking and... So it's like, hey, listen, we've got a chance here until we won our first tournament. And then it was just, sky's the limit from there. We were just, we just went on and on and on. So then because we played for like, I think we played for four years together like that, we got the name, the giant slayers. They called us, you know, Shine piano. Brazilians, we were, we were playing shoeshine piano football because we played now for... I have to ask you, shoeshine piano? Yeah, because we used to polish the ball. Like, we were that good, the ball never got dirty when we played because teams couldn't get it off us. Like, Beautiful. How Barcelona is, and that's the nickname. So I think in that way, we could go anywhere. What our people is like, hey, Brazilian, hey, Brazilian teams, hey, 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 leave those boys. So we would go to rival gangs, maybe to go and visit a classmate or a friend, and you're scared because where you live, you're not allowed in this territory area. That's how it used to work. They beat you up. The other kids from that area, like the gangs, they will get, they'll take you, and then they let the young kids, your age, come and beat you up because you're not supposed to be here uh, this not your territory but because we were getting that name through a football we could go anywhere ready to pop the question
1: So this is that—that that is what happened. But let me put an alternative scenario, which seems more normal to me. You build a gangster league. America becomes good. You become the shoeshine piano. You're beating other gangsters' teams, so they go. Okay, what are we going to do about this? Let's beat them up or kill them. <laughs> You—that—that that is what should have happened. So yeah. what the hell? What, why? No, but because football was
2: the. Football was the only time where there was no fighting. Then, if you do that, then you're going to get the backlash of every other gang. Okay, now there's so an you,
1: explanation. Then okay.
2: everybody gun up against you. So yeah, then okay. you'll get shot down okay. by even guys that's normally, they're not your rivals. But because you interfere with the football. You've broken the football league. You've, you've broken the football, the law that... Was how, how
1: how powerful is football been? Yeah, I know. Think about that, man. I know.
2: And I think because that happened, and as time went time went on, you saw like, even though I had nothing to do with gangs, nothing. I was just a normal kid that went to school, went to church, didn't step on the toes of nobody. But I couldn't go where I wanted to go because I lived in the American area, so it was impossible for me to, to go and visit you that lives five minutes from me. But we're in the same area, but just different different zone. I couldn't go there because i will get beaten up for nothing just because I lived there. But because of football, now I could started to go and where I was going, like I was becoming famous and I, I think at that stage, then I said, I said, nah, I'm going to take my football serious now because it's not normal that you were 14 years old and I'm as popular as these drug lords, these powerful guys whose mafias and not even them. They try and steal me to come in. Benny, please, and big guys beg you don't play for Bok anymore, come, come play for my team, I will give you anything you want, we'll dance and, you know, like, we'll make sure that nobody does and that, I was like, no, nah, but I can't because, I just can't, you know, it's like, ah, come on man, I'm sure Bok's going to cry, but, it will, you'll get over it because you join my team, because my team, we're missing a superstar, and he's got too many, so please, just come and play for me. And now you, sh- you crap yourself because you think, hey, if you keep saying no to these guys, they'll end up just shoot you in the kneecaps and you can't play no more. But nah, it was just, that was just the football rules, like nah.
1: Can you imagine you the relief like to your mom and dad yeah, that, that, you, that this is helping you choose the path that they wanted you to stay on?
2: Yeah, of course, but I was now playing these leagues, I was making money for fun, like I was making maybe about five, six thousand pounds playing two tournaments and my mum earns like five hundred pounds a month, you understand, so for me it was lucrative but then it clashed with my with my club football because then when I joined a professional club, I started playing for Rob, and I, I would sometimes miss miss playing there because of the sun of the, the Sunday league when the team maybe normally we play always on a Friday night or Saturday, then oh no game is we play on a Sunday, and it clashes with my gangster league football. Then they're like, no, 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 you're playing for us. They're supposed to play on a Friday or Saturday, but I don't make the fixtures. The leagues decided they play on a Sunday. It's like, no, you can play here, and after the game, we make sure you get to, to go and play for your team. I was like, no, I can't. It's like, so would you rather play for them, or would you rather play here? So I was like, no, I would rather play there, but I can't say that, otherwise I'm... I get shot, so no, I would rather play here with my boys. So there it is, done. You're not going to play. Then I end up playing, and Rob was starting to get rage because they wanted to win promotion to the to the to the Premier League.
1: This is Rob Moore at Seven Stars. Yeah,
2: and then I would miss playing Gangster League. So then I think by then, now I was seventeen. I played for four years or five years in this league that made me as tough as nails and playing with all those grown men helped. Now when I was that age, I looked like I was over age for senior players because I made it look so easy and then I was there one season, we missed out on promotion. Because I missed two important games. If we had one, we win the league. The coaches said, listen, this boy is he's too good for you. He's best. You send him overseas and let him go and try his luck there because he's just going to end up ruined. Man, and yeah, Rob took the plunge. And...
1: What's it like when you've got a, a, a big old white guy running a club and... Would you call it a township? I don't know, but it was, yeah. it's, it's a black area. Does, does Rob, as the club owner, stand out a little bit? And...
2: Massively. <laughs> and now you've got, he, he, he drives also, he drives like your rich white, white man's car in South Africa. A big Mercedes, and then he comes, he comes to my house, and everybody is like, hey... Who's this in this Mercedes? This is like what you see in the movies, you know? And people are like, ah, it's like a white guy. Oh, nah he, ah, He's with Benny. He's with Benny. Hey, Benny. Who's this guy that's with you? Nah, it's a football. Yo, so you've made it. Ah, man. Well done. We knew, always knew. Yeah. I was like, oh, no, I didn't make it. You just, you wanted to come and see my parents and then
1: you got to admire him for that. I like, yeah. I like, I like his ah, style. He's,
2: he's smart also. He knows nobody will do it. They shit themselves. So if you do it, they know that you're genuine. Otherwise, you wouldn't have done it. You understand? So it's also very smart from him to do it because being the first person to do that. So then now, then this was what happened. So Rob came, and then he met my, my, my parents. and My mum was a bit sceptical. My mum is like, school first. He's going to school. Football, secondary. Finish matric. Wherever he goes or wherever you take him, you tell him they must put him in school to learn, and he'll have to go to university. And I'm like, mum, when you make it as a footballer, there's no universities. There's no nothing. It's football. And my mum is like you will go to school or no football, period. And I'm like, fucking woman, man. And I'm like, dad, like you tell.
1: I love your parents, man. Please tell this,
2: this woman, like, if you make it as a footballer, how can you go to university when you have to play every day? Like, God, who even thinks that? Like, I'm not, 14 years old says... As long as you live under my roof, you do as I say. The day you move out here, you buy your own house, you have your own roof, I can't tell you nothing. Until then, you shut up, you'll go to school. Otherwise, you can pack up now football, no more football. I say, yeah, you weren't saying that when I was giving money every time because now you become a little bit smart and cocky, you know. But you get put in your place quick. And then it's just like saying, Mr. Moore, He's all yours. If he missed one day of training, if he missed this, just let us know. We'll deal with it. We'll know how to deal with him. So you make sure that he follows whatever you say and rubs like, did you hear what your mom and dad says? You have to do as I say and if you don't, I'll tell them and I would like you to think just because they told you that, Six years, I've been around these people. You ain't going to tell me, you you drive a nice car. If you sit there with a gun here, gun there, maybe I'll listen to you. Unless that happens, you can come and kiss my ass. She- if, if I don't do this, just tell my mom, just tell my dad. You know, okay. so I, I, I had a little bit, I knew where I could take it. And then and then Gamble paid off because um, I got an opportunity to go with the the twenties to African Nations Cup and then I was best player and top goal scorer. And then yeah, I got scouted by a few teams. But I decided hey I wanna go Ajax because of they just won the Champions League ninety-six and Patrick Clivert became one of the youngest players to score a goal in the final and if he's 19 I'm 17. if I maybe go there it's a possibility I can get into the first team more more than anywhere else where I've seen okay unless you are Michael Owen or Robbie Fowler and you're English that will happen in England but nowhere else you know and I'm not English so I won't be as lucky as them But if I go to Holland at Ajax they give young players a chance so I think that's probably the best start for me because they have Johan Crave and that and Best Academy and I think for me to grow is the best education I could ask for. So I said thank you very much Mr Moore but I want to go to Ajax and he was like no but Barcelona is a fantastic place. he was, he was already sold on ending living, moving to Barcelona because, you know, you see the, the weather is always amazing and Barcelona, how could you not? And I got invited to come to Barcelona, to Real Madrid, AC Milan, Monaco, um, Paris, PSG. There, it was a fight between PSG. They've not even seen me. They've heard from another agent about the South African player, and they offered $2 million a year without even n- the agents to settle. Oh, "Is said, no, we're looking for the next George Weah, and we've heard, so we're willing to put our money where our mouth is. We don't need to see what we've heard is more than enough. They offered big money. And that opened the doors for me, really, because now Rob had in writing, you know, like what were offered and what what I can earn. And then obviously as your first time, as um, you a club president, you were a club owner, but you don't know nothing about football management agent. And he was having this kid that had... All those possibilities, and I wanted to stay in Holland, and I didn't wanted to know nothing about anybody else. Ajax was my mind was set. It's
1: the and, right academy for a young guy to break through, yes, learn his skills, and, and then then get the big jump forward. Yes,
2: and the fact that everybody could speak English helped. And above all that, I wasn't gonna feel out of place because wherever I looked around. The, it's like okay, there's one like me, there's another one, there's one, so it was a great mixture of black players and white players. So you don't feel like oh, you're the monkey in the zoo, you're the only black guy there. And you know, it's like when when is somebody gonna throw you a banana? But at Ajax, you at home because as much as there's white players, there's blacks. It's a you know, it's probably the the biggest mixed culture that you will find anywhere. The Suriname
1: there. community is, is yes, huge, because, right?
2: because Suriname is, they are Dutch colonized, so they almost as class as Dutch players. So all of them, if you're Suriname, you Dutch. There's no, you're not a foreigner. So, and if you're good, I take you. So you had like so many, and I was like, my God, it's like I never even left South Africa. That's how many black players there was.
1: The, 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 our beautiful venue where we've we've had this fabulous fabulous big interviews is going to close soon so I need to finish by, by stating something to people who are listening and a lot of people in the professional game listen um, next week one of your colleagues Berizzo, is going to try and take his team against Euro Manchester United so he's gone on to coaching and various people that you've played with the De Boers gone on to coaching for example we could name quite a long list. You're you're destined to be a coach. You've done the badges and, and so on and so forth. But people listening to this today will listen to your your strategy, your ability to analyse games, your memory for detail, the passion. Can you can you bundle all that up and capture that and use it to an academy or to a first team? Can you, can you get the essence of Benny McCarthy and teach it to people in football?
2: Yeah, I think so, definitely. Um, 100%. I think
1: there's room
2: in football for people like me.
1: That's a f- if, I, if I could have given you a phrase to say, that would be it. That's right.
2: Because of where I came from, what I had to do to get where I, where I am and I had to work damn hard probably harder than most people and when I look when I sit back now and, and, and I visit clubs and academies and that and I and I just look and and, and I see so many wrongs in our know, football it's because they forgot the The essence of what it is to be a footballer is to have the drive, to have the passion and to play football purely because you love it and that you can't see yourself doing anything else than play football for free. Not for what you're going to get from it and in the modern day, there's too many of that. Clubs... Make it difficult also for players to really be hungry to make it because they they they, they throw money at you if you're nine years old and you got a little bit of talent just so another club can't snap you up. So they tie you up, whether you're gonna make it or you don't gonna make it. That's your problem. It's not our problem, but we've got the best the best talent at that point. So I think. That because if you're nine years old already, your family get bought a house, you get, so what inspiration is there for you then? It's like, ah, listen, I just have to ride this wave until I'm 15 if I make it. But until from now till I'm 15 or 16, I would have made enough money for my family to be well off and I'm driving a nice car. And if I make it as a footballer, then I make it. If I don't, well, I've...
1: people get too comfortable
2: thank you so footballers are too comfortable and I think we need to start stripping it down back again where you have to earn it to get where where you want to be to get to be a footballer you have to earn it it shouldn't be given and again and I think because I've been through it I know, I know what I have to do and I can I can drill it into players' heads that that's that's how it's supposed to be.
1: Well, I'll go further. I'll go further. I'll add to it because when when you say football has room for people like you, it's about also um, the enthusiasm, the love, the passion, what you can transmit. This this is this will be riveting. We know our audience. This will be riveting for people to listen to. We've sat here. Transfixed and you're used to that because you so you talk all the time
0: mm-hmm.
1: But there'll be times when somebody gives you you know The B team to, to earn your spurs at a club or somebody says to you you work with the Academy or somebody will give you a first-team one day for sure and I imagine that when you um, boil all this down and give it in team talks or give it in daily training sessions then there's room for people like you in football because you make other people fall in love with the game again, you make people want to play in a certain way, you've radiated enthusiasm and frankly that's, that's why we record these interviews and people accuse me of, of that maybe sometimes my love of football comes out um, by t- me talking too much mm-hmm. or interrupting the guests or whatever, but I feel I've met a kindred spirit today, a man who's achieved lots of things and a man who's given us huge pleasure this afternoon, Benny you're a hell of a guy. I feel this Thanks is maybe only minute, this is only part one.
2: No, no.
1: There's more to tell, right? Part,
2: part part two is coming once I get once I get on the touchline, once once I really feel the heat as a coach. Top man Benny McCarthy.
1: The big interview is produced by Backpage and me, Graham Hunter. The music you always hear, the music that you love is Beer Jacket. You can enter exclusive competitions and put your questions to our future big interview guests by getting on the mailing list at grahamhunter.tv. Yes, several thousand of you have done it, but come on, slackers at the back, sign up. Thanks for being there. Without you, this would be fun, but a lot less fun. See you soon.